Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. A very warm welcome to St. Bride's Church in Canvas Lang for the celebration of morning mass, which is the funeral mass for the repose of the soul of Iron Oats. Welcome to the church today, uh, Donna and Paul, uh, daughter and, and son. Uh, welcome also our brothers and sisters who are here with us. And we welcome also the grandchildren who are here with us too, and all the relatives and family who are here at Mass. And we welcome also all the family friends who are here with us, and Irene's friends especially, who have come to join us. And I notice that there are people who are our special carers uh, over different times in our life who are here with us, and especially give them a special greeting today at Mass. Today we've come uh, to offer this Mass uh, for Irene and we are very conscious that there is a passing from our lives of such a good, kind and generous soul uh, and we feel as if each of us have been blessed uh, by her presence in her, our own lives. So today as well as that sense of sadness at loss, there's also that great feeling that swells in us of joy and thanksgiving of a life that has been very good, very well lived, uh, and a great blessing to many. To begin the Mass and to offer the Mass more worthily, we first call to mind our sins. Lord Jesus, your mighty God and Prince of Peace, Lord of mercy. Lord Jesus, your Word of God made flesh and splendor of the Father, Christ of mercy. Lord Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life, Lord of mercy. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. O God, Almighty Father, 
our faith professes that your son died and rose again. Mercifully grant that through this mystery your servant, Irene, who has fallen asleep in Christ, may rejoice to rise again through him, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Please be seated. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. The souls of the virtuous are in the hands of God. No torment shall ever touch them. In the eyes of the unwise, they did appear to die. Their going looked like a disaster. They're leaving us like annihilation. But they are in peace. If they experienced punishment as men see it, their hope was rich with immortality. Slight was their affliction, great will their blessing be. God has put them to the test and proved them worthy to be with him. He has tested them like gold in a furnace and accepted them as a holocaust. They who trust in him will understand the truth. Those who are faithful will live with him in love. For grace and mercy await those he has chosen. The word of the Lord.
reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. The life and death of each of us has its influence in others. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So that alive or dead, we belong to the Lord. This explains why Christ both died and came to life. It was so that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. We shall all have to stand before the judgment seat of God. As scripture says, by my life, it is the Lord who speaks. Every knee shall bend before me, and every tongue shall praise God. It is to God, therefore, that each of us must give an account of himself. The word of the Lord. stand. be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. And Jesus said to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God still and trust in me. And there are many rooms in my father's house. If there were not, I should have told you. But I am going now to prepare a place for you. And after I have gone and prepared your place, I shall return to take you with me so that where I am, you may be too. And you know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. The Gospel of the Lord.
Irene was reluctant to go into hospital just a few weeks ago, knowing in herself, I suppose, that there was every likelihood that she would not get out again. She'd been no stranger to hospital over these last few years, but other visits saw her quickly mended, uh, put back together and released. But this admission was to be different. When the illness uh, came from which she was diagnosed, uh, it was clear it was to be a very serious illness and there was to be no way back. The normal course of that illness was that life expectancy was measured in weeks and months, but she confounded the doctors. People younger, stronger, fitter than herself have not survived as long as she did. The truth was that she had a great will to live that trumped all the other bad cards that were dealt. During this time that was given to her, it was a very fruitful period of her life in which she was greatly content. She had a great desire to live on for the family, for children, grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Of course, all of those who knew Irene knew her courage, her strength, and it was no surprise that she met the challenge and simply kept going. At Mass today, we are given consoling words to carry away with with us in our hearts. Those that we love, we are told, are in the hands of God. They are at peace. The life and death that they had has a way of influencing us and has been a blessing on us has instructed us and guided our way. That in the end, God wants us to be with him where he is. These words that we've listened to are indeed a great consolation to us, and they speak of the greater victory that Irene and every one of us share in to know that God has a place with him, to know that after the struggles of life, that we will uh, be at peace, that we will know that there is that end point to which we have all been journeying and travelling towards. Most assuredly, Irene herself travelled with great certainty along this same way. Over the long period of her illness, she herself received Holy Communion every Tuesday, and it was a great consolation to her, her faith, always, but especially in these moments of trouble and darkness. Irene was 67 years of age when she died. She was from a large family, and she herself was a twin. The other twin was Jeanette. Both of the twins were very small when they were born, only one pound. She fought bravely from day one, something which was to be a mark of her life, and survived, of course, to live a long life and to see children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren born. She never quite caught up in height and size, though. She only grew to be four feet, ten and a half inches, and that half inch was all important to her. I think she might have lost it somewhere along the way over this illness. But what she lacked in height, she certainly gained in feistiness, She went into battle for her brothers and sisters when they were younger. No one, I believe, uh, was quite willing at that stage to take her on. 
He was a member of family that everyone relied on, not so much to fight their battles in later life, but to keep everyone together. She married her husband, Benny, and they were to have a long marriage together, although in the last few years they have been in different houses, two different houses. They both claimed that they never got on better in their life together than this time. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Irene had two, three children, Paul and Irene Ann and Donna. She was very fond of all her children, as they were of her. Over the years, Irene Ann was a great worry to her, a very innocent and simple girl. Tragic news came in the course of Irene's illness that Irene Ann herself had become gravely ill and was not expected to live. She was to survive, but to need long-term care. I'm sure that this took out a lot of Irene in these days and months. Donna has been a tower of strength to her mother in every way, her friend, her advisor, her support always. And in these months and years of her illness, she was never far away and gave her all the comfort and support that she needed to battle through. They were mother and daughter together. They were close indeed, and I suppose they cried and laughed through the life's joys and sorrows. In her own life, she assumed parental responsibility for Stephen and Louise, who were Irene Ann's children. In this, she was the complete hero to them. She was their anchor, their guide, and everything for them. It's hard adequately to speak of the great love and affection that both Stephen and Louise had for their gran and everything that she meant for them. She never gave up on them, fought hard to give them the best in their life. At best, we could say of the both of them that they were tricky when they were growing up, but Irene was always two steps ahead of them. <laughs> and when all else failed, Donna was called in, and then they would do what they were told. She had other grandchildren too, Haley and Jamie and Casey and Jodie Lee and Jordan, and she was very fond of all of these children. And all of the grandchildren have said how much she loved and cared for them, how close they felt to her, and how much they will miss her each in their lives. And she was literally close to the family, Louise and St uh, Stephen staying with her, Haley and uh, Jamie and Casey staying uh, just uh, a few just uh, next door to her. And of course, uh, Levi, Levi, uh, Levi and Haley, and Harper and Jordan, Jane and Jackson James were more recent additions to the fold. We can imagine that these children meant, to, uh, meant a great deal to Irene, who was always so fond of children. It was an extraordinary house to go into when she lived in the circuit. There was always plenty of children coming and going, and it was hard to get a word in. Everyone seemed to be always speaking at the one time. And there were the animals, dogs and cats and birds and fish. I used to think it was like a cross between Dr. Doolittle's house and Noah's Ark. It was a kind of house that was a crossroads Everyone was coming and going, even the animals. She had a marvellous uh, sense of humour. She could laugh at herself 
and some of the things that happened to her along life's path. She could often tell stories with a straight face that would make you laugh. And she often, as you maybe remember, used to throw the odd swear word in as well for good measure. I don't think that I'll ever forget her telling me about uh, her difficulties with the toilet in hospital. <laughs> it was told at the top of her voice. Everyone could hear it, and the whole ward itself could hear it, and I rather suspected that the neighbouring ward could hear it in great detail too. As mentioned yesterday at the reception of her remains in the church, I don't think that she realised how admired she was. People could see that she didn't have very much in life. She struggled, and yet for all of that she created something that was really good. She showed great resilience in looking after children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. People saw her determination, her resolve, her endurance in difficult situations and admired it greatly. She was heroic in her love and devotion for her family. One of the things that she often said to me in those first days of her illness was that she was going to fight hard. She wanted to live, uh, to see more of the lives of her family. And that was exactly the thing that she did. She fought on and confounded the experts. But now she doesn't have to fight any longer. Now she can put down this heavy cross now she doesn't have to suffer any more. Now she has no more of that weakness. Now we believe that she is comforted by God who has given her life. Now we don't need to be concerned for her. She's at peace beyond her sufferings. Today we thank God for her rich and generous and loving life. For a life of great self-sacrifice. Always thinking about others and always putting others first. We're thankful for the great love that she had for others in her life, and especially for her family. We're thankful for that good humour and that sunny nature. We're thankful for the good life that she led and the many blessings through her life that have been showered in so many others. Please stand. We come to our loving Father asking him to give eternal rest to the departed and comfort and hope to the living. For the family of the church, that we may grow in our faith in the power of Jesus over sin and death, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the leaders of nations, that they may promote peace and justice in the world. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who mourn their loss, especially the family and friends of our sister Irene, that their grief may be lightened by the risen Christ and his promise to unite us again in our heavenly home. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For Irene, our sister, who sleeps in the Lord, 
that she may be raised up in the last day and receive the reward of her goodness. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. In silent prayer, let us remember our personal needs and intentions. God of our salvation, you reward the just and console those who mourn. Hear our prayers in the name of your risen Son, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Please join in hymn number 273, Gifts of Bread and Wine. brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. As we humbly present to you these offerings, O Lord, for the salvation of your servant Irene, we beseech your mercy that she who did not doubt your son to be a loving saviour may find in him a most merciful judge, who lives and reigns forever and ever. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For even though by our own faults we perish, yet by your compassion and your grace, when seized by death according to our sins, we are redeemed through Christ's great victory and with him called back into life. 
And so with the powers of heaven, we worship you constantly on earth, and before you, without end, we acclaim. Holy, 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 holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth have filled your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who come in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them what they do follow, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed, and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. And in a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The Mystery of Faith when we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember your servant Irene, whom you called from this world to yourself. Grant that she who was united with your son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. And have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, our spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages. We may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, and with him, and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. Amen. Please stand. We pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, and graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Let's offer one another a sign of peace and friendship.
Arm of God. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only through the world my soul shall be Joining hymn number 164, Be Still and Know That I Am God. Be still and know. 
Let us pray. Lord God, whose Son left us in the sacrament of his body, food for the journey, mercifully grant that strengthened by it our dear sister Irene may come to the eternal table of Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Please join in our final hymn, number 529, How Great Thou Art. the star 
speak.